At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. I'm doing everything I can. And stop calling me Shirley. The center has to be at least three times bigger than this. All right, it's Sincerely Unqualified. If you're new with us, welcome. If not, welcome back. If you could like, rate, review, do all that good stuff, subscribe. It would really help us out. Um, last week, we made a little bit of a transition from our normal bread and butter movie guys yeah. to film guys. And now this week, I feel like, are we are we cinema guys now? Look, Is this okay. like proper cinema? No, I'm going to say one thing. We're still okay. comedy guys. We're yeah. still in the yeah. comedy realm. <laughs> There's a wide expanse of comedy. Like That's the true. comedies that we loved at the beginning and everything like that, that we've done to this point, it's been like the knocked ups. It's been like the Seth Rogen, the Apatows, everything like well, that. Well, exactly. staples to us. Yeah, our and childhood you, staples. Exactly. And that's what comes to mind when you think of like those classic, like turn your mind off kind of comedies. Talladega yeah. Nights, Step Brothers. Now we're getting into a little bit of the deeper comedies. We're getting into a little bit of like the might not be right off the top of your head. The first thing you think of comedies, yep. whether it's the Scott Pilgrims like we did last week or what we're doing this week. We're we're not diving into the Wes Anderson yep. world. But yeah, you know yeah. what? We love it. And it's still a comedy. So we're still in our world. We're just like we're on a different continent, but we're yeah. all we're still here. And who knows? Hey, like we started very niche. We started comedy movies. Maybe we'll start yeah. branching out. Who knows? We'll see what the people want. So if you could also let us know that, let us know any movies you want us to talk about. Yeah. You can hit us up on Instagram, TikTok, uh, email us at sincerelyunqualified at gmail.com. But as mm-hmm. Winnie said, and as you know from the title, we're going Wes Anderson today. We're going to go Rushmore. We're going the Royal Tenenbaums. Mm-hmm. But before that, we need to let you know that Father's Day is just around the corner and you probably mm-hmm. need a gift for a hairy dad. Make oh. your dad proud this year and get him your, <laughs> and yourself the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. You uh, heard that right. The Lawnmower 4.0. We made the upgrade, and you're going to get it for your dad and yourself with 20% off and free shipping with the code UNQUALIFIED at manscaped.com. My dad listens to this podcast. He actually already has one. He was supporting yeah. us. Um, uh, we don't need to get into that at all, but yeah. <laughs> we're going to... I know, think that... Uh, I also got my dad one. I got to say, it's a great gift to, you know, leave at their doorstep, I will say, you know, and maybe not <laughs> have say, a deeper conversation about, yeah, but it's an incredible gift. gift. Do yeah. not let me know if you ever use it. Yeah. I don't want to <laughs> hear, you know, the specifics about who or what loved the results, but if, if you're enjoying the product, that's all that matters. Like, you don't need to talk about the results with your father, but if you want to get it for yourself, 20% off. If you want to get it for your father, if you want to get it for a stepfather, if you want to get it for anybody who plays a big role in your life, I'm telling you they're going to appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, obviously, it's not only for down there. It's best for down there, but yeah. you can you can tell yourself that your dad's going to use it for something else and you will get them a gift you know they will use so mm-hmm. you know what else there is too for some extra hairy dads a lot of people got nose hair a lot of uh, people have ear hair pretty disgusting gotta say not yeah, a big not fan not you great. know when you see older people and they have the hair hanging out of their nose like just I'm just true. like too much yeah it's just, just too like much. you know that you can either pluck it or that they see it in the mirror and it's just i don't i don't know if they ignore it 
do something about it get them that grooming tool from manscaped as well get them the whole package deal they'll be excited you'll be excited absolutely so that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use unqualified don't forget that you don't forget that you came from your dad's balls this year <laughs> show your original home some love with manscaped and it's i mean it's biologically true you came I from mean, your dad's balls shout out you, you there's dad. no thanks arguing yet yeah <laughs> hey kevin's dad thanks for this now we're making a podcast it all comes full circle you it see does. that it does yeah uh, how would anyone so, else be talking about Wes it. Anderson movies on yeah. a Zoom call? We need my yeah. dad to do that. Uh, so uh-huh. let's get into this now. We won't be doing walkthroughs today. Probably would have made for a really long episode, but we're going to go give you a nice, good overview of these movies, exactly yeah. what we think. We're going to do the regular overview sections, and we're going to start with Rushmore. Winnie liked Rushmore more than I liked it, so we're going to have you take the lead here, Winnie. Yes, I am a huge, huge, huge Rushmore fan. So first off, we'll start off with the ratings, okay? So Rushmore alone on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 90% critic, 91 audience. Crazy, crazy good. I mean, I'd probably give it like a 93 just from my own perspective. Okay. But you can't go wrong when the audience and the critic are both in the 90s. I feel like that's where where the, you know, the good stuff hangs out. Well, especially because like normally with, uh, when critic ratings are so high, it's because they are honestly like movies like this, like movies like normal Wes Anderson movies. So when you see the audience score that high too, it's pretty surprising. Like you, you know that you're getting an actually very good movie, not just a critic yeah because yeah. there's some critic movies where you're looking it's like 95 critics 68 audience and you're yeah, like you're really well go. they're clearly looking for that artsy schmartsy stuff that yeah. i don't really yeah, yeah. dig the audience is like look that flew over our heads keep it for sundance guy okay yeah. but this hit Not on all us. cylinders and the director obviously as we said is wes anderson the screenwriters which i was surprised to learn and i know kev was a little bit too yeah. it's wes anderson and then for both of these movies, it's been Owen Wilson too, because we don't traditionally think of Owen Wilson as this like mastermind writer, especially for these Wes Anderson movies. At least I didn't at first. Yeah. I mean, like we knew how involved he was and yeah, it's just kind of funny because you see, I mean, these are actors and they are also yeah. most people, even if they're in a wedding crashers or they're in some of the goofier comedies, a lot of it comes from art. Like this is more comedic art. Art, I would say, yeah, in its own way. Now, that's a very subjective uh, definition. We don't, we can get into that. We cannot get into that. But it's just funny because the really mainstream stuff that you see Owen Wilson is does not really add up to him like writing this movie alongside Wes Anderson. I think yeah. that also just proves that we're like, that's dumb. That's just like dumb brain. Like, oh, most yeah, wedding crashers. He just does that. <laughs> well, because I think we think of him as the guy who just you see on screen. He's wow, yeah. Like yeah, you yeah. think of just we like named him. I I know he's become personified by one word, and it's crazy. It's, yeah, but it's ridiculous. I, I think that we underestimate Owen Wilson, and we've been underestimating him because you didn't take this deeper look at like, holy shit, he's got writers' credits on probably most Wes Anderson movies. Yeah, yeah, and that's it's honestly funny, probably because I bet there are yeah. a lot of people that love, love, love movies, especially yeah. movies like this that are could be listening to this, 
and they're probably think we're like, really Are you dumb. Serious? <laughs> yeah, you didn't. You didn't know that. Like, yeah. why do you think every Wilson brother is in every single Wes Anderson movie? It's like, oh, because they wrote it together. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. But I think that you know, aside from the writers and the screenwriters and the directors, the cast in this movie is incredible and yeah. you can't tell me i'm wrong there because we have the film debut of jason schwartzman i'm just gonna say it one more time because i know that that <laughs> i needed to say it well i need some water jason schwartzman there, there we go. go he played matt jason schwartzman but he played max fisher uh bill murray we haven't done a bill murray movie yet and now we've Crazy. got fucking two of them yeah because bill murray is the goat he played herman bloom we had Olivia Williams, who was Rosemary Cross, Miss Cross, Seymour Castle, uh, who was Burt Fisher, Max's dad, who was the barber, the goat, uh, Brian Cox, who, you know, I've credited with succession a few times, I think, was uh, Professor Guggenheim, Nelson Guggenheim, mm -hmm. uh, Mason Gamble was Dirk. Uh, Sarah Tanaka was Margaret Yang. Uh, Stephen McColl was Magnus Buchan? Buchan? I, th I forget how you say it because he I mean he he's always Scottish. had this accent he, yeah. he's the Scott he's the I'm not gonna say the other thing Kev don't don't bait me into it uh <laughs> then we have Luke Wilson who is Dr. Peter Flynn and finally we have Andrew Wilson as mentioned all Wilson's involved yeah it's a full Wilson on deck picture who is Coach Beck so what do you think about this movie? Because I know we had a little bit of a difference between yeah, the two. Sure. So you tell me your thoughts. So I think this movie is good. I think okay. that it is honestly a very perfect, if you don't have much going on in the weekends, and that's actually exactly what I did yesterday with this movie. I think that it's like, if you're hanging out in your apartment, in your house, and you don't have much going on, maybe it gets a few chores done, maybe fold some laundry. It's a fantastic movie to kind of have on in the background because it is a good movie. And it does it follow a very good story and it is funny i just think that it's a very slow burn and i don't really? think that it comes around enough to have it be an all-timer for a slow burn i th i do think it's good i think that i i think i would like it more than other people would because okay. i can see people going into this and kind of finding it slightly boring um really yeah yeah i i think that I can it does have a decently slow burn to it I think that, you know, from my perspective, so it was like, yeah. okay, I've obviously seen it more than a few times. And whenever I watch it, it's just like, I feel like because I, almost because I know what's coming, but also like, I know how funny some of the lines are. Yeah. And I think that some of the interactions that some people may think are, whether they be boring or meaningless, there's a little bit more going on and there's some gems in there. Like there's some gem lines and like maybe the meaningless scenes or like the mundane scenes that you see, whether it's just like walking around or some things like that. Like not every scene obviously is going to be a hit, but I think that even when there's that slow build and even when there's that boringness, there's something for me that just draws me in more. Yeah. I think that when you watch these movies a few times and there are yeah. movies like this that are kind of like the slower ones, I think it's almost like a comfort blanket. You know, it, yeah. if you like it and you keep rewatching it, you know what's going to happen. It's like there's a lot of comfort in that. For me, a Wes Anderson movie like that is Moonrise Kingdom. I've seen yeah. Moonrise Kingdom a few times and I can just throw that on. I could see people saying it's a little out there, a little boring, and I would get that. But mm -hmm. if whenever I watch it, it's just like every moment to me is kind of like that. Um, we'll, we'll talk about 
uh, the yeah. Royal Tenenbaums then, and kind of I'll compare these two. But I think my overall yeah. gist on this movie, and it was a first watch. It's very important to know as yeah. we were just talking about that um, rewatchability. That is, it's just on the slower side, but still very good. Still has very funny moments. Like this is, it's yeah. a comedy. Exactly. And I think that it, this movie makes the best of, you know, what Wes Anderson does so well is making odd concepts or things that are just so kind of outlandish taboo. when you see them. Exactly. He makes yeah. them less taboo when we view them. It almost makes it feel like it's weird. Yes, we yeah. understand that, but it's not so weird that we're turned off by it or that we're we're like backing away from it as if to say like I don't want to be a part of this. Like there's a 15-year-old right. hitting on a teacher throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And we're just like, yeah, it's kind of funny like the, yeah, there's some quirkiness to it, but like we didn't think of it as like insanely weird and just, you know, taken off by that. And no, I think yeah, that's what yeah. he does well. Wes Anderson does do that extremely well. He takes yeah. it's. I would assume that it's similar to uh, Woody Allen movies. And yeah. funny enough, never seen a Woody Allen movie. I, really, we were just talking about my dad. Maybe it's just because he wasn't into them, so I didn't end up watching them. Um, mm -hmm. Well, to my knowledge, I haven't watched one. <laughs> I can't remember if <laughs> I have. Uh, but I know that he does that too. Like we, we won't get into what he did and why it that's he was making movies like that yeah but it's the same same kind of concept you have a 15 year old that's hitting on this teacher that's not what you're supposed to be doing nowadays but we watch this movie and he kind of gets away with it because mm -hmm. the story's developed so well because he kind of earns it um it, it is kind of weird <laughs> talking about uh, yeah that, but i do love another thing too that he does we saw in both movies is that there's these really minor characters in each of them mm -hmm. but no matter how long a character's on screen in one of his movies they can make an impact and they can make a comedic impact or they can make like a there's an overstated impact of all of these smaller characters because you feel like for some reason you've gotten to know them more than you have like he creates that almost relationship with these smaller characters where in other movies, if you have somebody with two lines, you might be like, oh, I completely forgot they were in it. Oh, Where, yeah, like, yeah, they were in this movie? <laughs> in this one, I have to say, like, Mr. Little Jeans. He was probably in it for three scenes. Probably he was, like, the janitor that Rushmore. And I feel like he contributed <laughs> so much more than he actually did to the movie itself by being at Max's play or being almost hit by the car. Like, he was a major part of it without actually being a major part of it. And that's something that I think is really funny and really really well done yeah yeah i think that's almost like it's the world has been built out so much before we yeah. get the view inside of it in this yeah. in like in these movies uh that's that is something he does extremely well and then even like the supporting characters like yeah. magnus like you were talking about the the scottish guy um he is so funny in this but his yeah. in terms of his screen time it's probably pretty low mm-hmm I think so. And I think like he makes the most of each part. Obviously he's memorable because he's the one kid with like a Scottish accent <laughs> yeah, and the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. But there's clearly been like this it, it 
there's like a rapport between them. There's been all of this. It seems like they've known each other forever. Even when, you know, Brian Cox's character has a heart attack and Max goes to the hospital, his wife is like, oh, hello, Max. Like, how are you? It greets him like, it's been so nice to see you. It, you you can tell that there was this thought process of like, they've had a relationship. They've had a relationship. Here's what's happened. And I would love to know what goes into that because it's like, not only do you have that comedic aspect of like, where do we get the funny from? But also... How do we build out these characters so that there's this web and that they're all interconnected in some way, shape, or form? Like, what is the relationship between him and him? And how is it with her? And where does that come in? It's really, I think this is where this movie and like this style separates itself a little bit more from like the Wedding Crashers and the Step Brothers yeah, because yeah. there's there's that little bit extra that goes in. Yeah, well, and you were talking about like building out that web and i think that a very classic movie that i was just thinking of is super bad and yeah. obviously it's set in high school and it was written over so many years so so many years and i think that they established that because most of the stories were true so you can kind of throw something in and it's because everyone's had these experiences to build this very concise story and then yeah. you kind of feel like that's happened. Like you think that you're kind of there with them. I think exactly. that uh, in this movie especially, Wes Anderson does a good job with that. I think there's probably something to like schools with that. Yeah. Uh, because the same thing. This also, I forgot to mention, this gives me kind of Dead Poet Society vibes and that also might be just <laughs> dumb guy like, oh, they like wear uniforms. Schools. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they um, both wear uniforms. It Dead means that it's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. It's no, I, uh, <laughs> I think that they do that as well. Like, you kind of feel yeah. like you know these characters. I think that, like, a school setting lends to itself very well there. Yeah. I think that. And that, and then the intro, too, where it, like, brings you into the world where... I have all of them listed out because I thought this was really funny. And I know Wes Anderson does this a lot where he does these kind of cutaways to either the past or anything like that. But it's showing you everything that Max has done in his career at Rushmore when he's like failing all these classes. So he oh, was like, yeah, yeah. like the, the whole <laughs> extra credit. Curricular. Yeah, the yeah, publisher yeah. of the Yankee Review, president of the French Club, model UN Russia, stamp and coin club VP, debate team captain. <laughs> Lax manager, calligraphy club president, astronomy society founder, fencing team captain, track and field, JV decathlon, so not a super athlete. Um, second choral choir master, bombardment society founder, kung fu yellow belt, trap and skeet club founder, Rushmore beekeepers president, important, Yankee Racers Foundation, Max Fisher playwright director, and the Piper Club 4.5 hour flight log. So he's a pilot and everything else and getting 37s in classes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's the comedic premise there. Like in his yeah. character is that for whatever reason, he's so involved. Because normally when you're yeah. involved, you're, you care about school. But he's just, he's just along for the ride. He just yeah. likes doing all that extra stuff, which I mean, that extra stuff is fun. <laughs> I know. And he comes off as such like this, this well-educated, well-rounded student. And that's where Bill Murray comes in and is kind of drawn into him because on the outside, he seems like this well-rounded, like super intellectual, very well-studied, very well-read student. And you see that when he first meets Bill Murray, it's like, oh, who is that kid? You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to spoil the line because I know we have that in a little, but it's, you know, that outward perception versus what's actually going on. And it's weird how that relationship develops because Bill Murray's kids are such idiots that I guess he thinks like, all right, let me talk to this kid who's 
more mature than my kids who seems to be, you know, a better student, better read, just more mature all around. I can be friends with him. Also, it's like a 60 year old becoming friends with a 15 year old. Somehow they're all like friends. Like there's no age limit to friendships in Wes Anderson movies. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. I think that's something that he like takes pride in probably and yeah. being able to kind of break down those barriers. But on average, it probably is kind of weird for them to be friends. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Like this multi-millionaire just becoming friends with a 16-year-old, 15-year-old. It seems interesting. But it is cool how their relationship develops. It's it's almost like he's treating him like a son he's never had because his sons are idiots. But at the same time, genuinely interested in hanging out with him. And also kind of he's super depressed and wants to find a way to be a kid again almost. Yeah. So just finding that like innocence... This and is super film guy talk right here. This is, oh, this is, yeah. I mean, I, let's hope that people are here for it. I mean, yeah. that's what makes his character so interesting, though, is because it, it even if you're not an old person or even if you aren't directly experiencing that, I think that's something that's yeah. really attainable to a lot of people is like, oh, I kind of I could see why someone could be quote unquote washed up and trying to find some yeah. innocence again. So I think that's why we're along for the ride to be like, oh, yeah. okay, this this old man is going to be friends with this 15 year old. Also, exactly. by the way, let's point this out quick. I don't know how actually I sh- we should look this up. Um, if you want to look it up as I'm talking, yeah. Jason let's Schwartzman's see. age in this. Um, I don't know how old he was supposed to be, but he looked a lot older than 15. Like I, I think yeah. that was kind of oh, a reveal. He was 17. He was. He was? 17. Yeah. Oh, he just kind so of looked older than me then. Far off. I, I mean, thought he, he was in more, his like twenties at least. He's <laughs> a more mature least. face. I guess yeah. that played into him like flirting with the teacher and everything too. The whole movie is basically based around him having this crush on the teacher and finding Bill Murray and him also having a crush on the teacher, but actually getting some because Bill Murray is like an older, <laughs> a proper. Like age. obviously he's yeah he's it's older not and illegal. not underage. It's not yeah. illegal like you said, but. I love where they bring in like, okay, they're friends. He's trying to build this aquarium. Doesn't go well. Everything. They find out Bill Murray's getting with, you know, um, Miss Cross. Then they have this war of kind of pranks with each other. (laughs) As in Bill Murray, like finally being a normal adult and calling the cops like hey, this, this yeah, kid's like, gotta stop let's just say this went a little far like his yeah. brake lines got cut first of all that i mean that's got to be one of the extracurricular clubs too it's probably mechanic society if he knows how to cut brake lines so naturally at 15 yeah i mean it not you know they didn't have you well maybe they did have youtube back then but probably I'm, no in 99 99 i'm dumb um yeah well we, <laughs> all i'm saying is like it did not surprise me at all that he was just like, yeah, I know how to cut brake lines on a car. Yeah, I know. It's It's got to that point, and then, like, Bill Murray gets... Okay, let's just say this, too. I want to say, nobody could have played this character as well as Bill Murray, and the one scene that did it for me when it when it shows that is when he's in the elevator with, with Max in the hospital, yeah. and he's not only drinking, but he's smoking a cigarette in the hospital... Another big Wes Anderson thing is smoking loves, in hospitals. Love smoking in hospitals. Yeah. I don't understand, but always smoking in hospitals. Um, but he's smoking and then drinking and then lights up a second cigarette. And that's when I knew like, all right, nobody really could have played this part as well as Bill Murray. No, it, it's actually perfect. Perfect for Bill Murray. Yeah. And th- this is kind of credited with like his second birth in stardom a little bit. 
where it's like rebranding him almost as this comedic dramatic actor versus like just a straight, hey, Caddyshack kind of guy, which is a little bit crazy to think like, because for our whole lives, really, we've known Bill Murray as like this can do anything kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's probably uh, a good point that now he's just, we think of him as this incredible actor that can do anything, can do no wrong. And yeah. it's kind of funny looking back on his uh, his more Owen Wilson Wedding Crashers type roles. <laughs> yeah, for us, he's <laughs> literally just like circle. Bill Murray. But that'd yeah. be like somebody in 20 years seeing like a Seth Rogen and being like, oh, yeah, he can do anything. Like, super dramatic actor, super, yeah. like, just can do anything. And us looking back and being like, didn't you see super, like, not even super bad, like Pineapple Express? Like, you remember him in, <laughs> in that Express. movie? Yeah, but yeah. Not to say that Seth Rogen can't do it, because I, if anybody can, I think it's going to be him. Yeah, but we'll see. Let's call that now. Honestly, we're, we're expecting Who's it. yours? Is yours Seth Rogen, too? You think you're calling your shot? I think, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good call, actually. I think yeah. Seth Rogen could... I think he could go on to kind of do that if he wants yeah. to. He kind of yeah. has... I think he's trying to build a weed empire right now, so that might cut into his dramatic acting time, but... <laughs> well, he made a little bit of a transition with, like, the long shot, where it was not so much I mean, more of, like, like, a, a straight line comedy. I know, but it's a little bit straight. He's going that way, you know? The, yeah, I mean, he has acting the interview. ability. Yeah. 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 No, obviously. Well, then there's Jonah Hill, who went from super bad to, like fucking oscar nominations yeah it's whatever yeah, i think Nobody's already made that uh, but do you want to go through some favorites yeah i mean i also want to say one last thing gotta oh, yeah, feel sure. for the dad yeah. in this movie you gotta feel for the dad because i just feel bad i felt bad the whole time when max was just like oh i'm just the son of a barber like oh this is a barber's son i was like dude come on like be real like just it's your fucking dad be yeah yeah i agree that but also at the same time i think they're just serving that story more that rushmore is full of these rich kids yeah and it's it's tough for um him even to have his dad be what he is but then i like it that it comes around and he's like accepted his dad for being a barber you know yeah but i Bill love Murray's yeah. <laughs> um, hey, I, mean, I mean all around some great fucking laughs in this movie yes, there's a lot of laughs. like more real emotions too and just all around craziness because wes anderson but I think that it drives it home. I think it's a great comedy. And my favorite character for that alone is going to be Magnus. Yeah. He's, I mean, he is the like, most comedic uh, character that we have. Because everything I mean, that comes every, out of his mouth is basically for the purpose of laughter. It's always funny. I always wanted to be one, in one of your fucking plays. Yeah. <laughs> just, That's the best reveal, too. We're like, oh, okay, yeah. that kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Like, that he's, just, he's just angry because he wanted to be included. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were just talking about him. Mine is going to be Burt Fisher, Max's dad. Yeah. Just such a nice guy. He's just so content with everything. He's very polite. He kind of feels bad. And that's the thing. You do feel bad for him the whole movie, but he just keeps yeah. up this positive attitude. And I'm just like, yeah, he's that's, that's so nice. And then you're just like, he's uh, the when oh, uh, Luke Wilson's character is like, oh, so you're a neurosurgeon. He goes, actually, I'm a barber, but we often get confused. I was like, this yeah. dude's awesome. It's like, he's line. the nicest person ever. <laughs> yeah. Good line, Bert. Yeah. I mean, okay. But then we got to go favorite scenes is it's literally like probably 10 seconds but when max is on the phone with him at the public school and he's talking to bill murray on the phone and bill murray's on his cell phone just walking through the playground yeah and there's like this nine-year-old just playing basketball shooting around with his friends he's about to shoot and bill murray stuffs the shit out of him yeah 
I did not know what you were like. You had Bill Murray stuffing the shit out of a nine-year-old written down, and I was like, I don't even know what he means. That, that, part, right? I mean, that yeah. part was very, very good. It's that so was like good. a laugh-out-loud moment. Yeah, um, out of nowhere, stuffing the shit out of a nine-year-old. Yeah. He probably loved doing it too. He's like, "Can we run that back?" <laughs> I'm gonna need another take of that. Oh, yeah. There's something that just feels so good about stuffing someone's shot that oh, I yeah. feel like you have to, even if it's acted out and it's a nine year old. You're just like, yeah. Especially when that little kid is just like, "Yeah, bitch, I'm fucking Bill Murray." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're dealing with here, kid. Um, mine. I was going to take the final play. But we talked about it during our overview section, and we were talking yeah. about that uh, elevator scene where it's so Bill Murray, it's just perfect. Yeah. I'm going to take that because it's kind of funny. It's kind of depressing. It's It just hits all of the those emotions there. I'll yeah. take the uh, the elevator scene. I think, yeah, I think that's safe. And I, I think we can say if you were going chalk, it's going to be the final play yeah. just because they basically and did Apocalypse Now as a rom-com. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was awesome, first of all. But I will say that those two scenes, com- like comedy-wise, are way funnier. Yeah, yeah. All right, you want to jump into lines? I'll jo- I'll go through the. <laughs> I'm not gonna do the accent do for it. this one. Come on. No, do I'm it. not gonna do Just the do accent. It. Just do it. All right, I gotta think about it for a second. All right. <laughs> you piece off. All right, I'll go for it. I'll go It'd be for so it. So much okay? better if you just did it off the cuff. Let's go. Why didn't you piss off Fisher? Your we your dotty wee skid mark. <laughs> Is that Latin? Sorry to our Scottish <laughs> listeners. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm so you gotta teach me how to do it better. I don't know what else to include there. We'll do some. <laughs> we'll do some lessons. If you're Scottish yeah. and you're listening, shoot us a note, and then we'll uh, we'll hop on a Zoom call or something. It's more guttural. Um, yeah. So why didn't <laughs> why didn't you just piss off fish or you daddy weed skid mark? Uh, and then is that Latin? <laughs> is what you were saying? That um, is so good. Yeah, yeah. Is that Latin? <laughs> we were we were talking about it we got my favorite character but it's just kind of like yeah. a funny line because it, it shows the the reality of the situation just my father yeah. may only be a doctor but we manage <laughs> what are you so talking good. about man he's yeah. a doctor <laughs> oh he's a neurosurgeon and you're at the no, top prep school oh but we manage <laughs> we're trying to get by we're, we're just skating by offers of a job yeah exactly mine that's probably said in my household once a day is these are OR scrubs at dinner when Luke Wilson's just like yeah. coming right from the OR. He's oh, these are OR scrubs. Oh, are they? <laughs> so good. It's good, yeah. Um, and I love that Bill Murray like goes to sp- <laughs> he like starts choking on his drink. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was so good. Oh, the awkward tension in the room is yeah. terrible. <laughs> just you're terrible. the one who got him a whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> letting him drink. Um, my, I, mine's gonna be the last line of this, but it's when Bloob and uh, Guggenheim are talking uh, after Max walks up to them after Bloom gives the speech. So Bloom yeah. says, "What's his name again?" Max Fisher, sharp little guy. He's one of the worst students we've got. <laughs> we were talking about that. You think he's so yeah. well read? You think he's so smart? No, no, no. He's not at all. Worst. He's student. yeah, and um, that's shown. I yeah, mean, absolutely. Um. So we'll move on to inexclusive exclusives here. Um, Let's do it. So Wes Anderson actually drummed up publicity the old-fashioned way. He was traveling around the country in just a tour bus, and he had like big-screen TVs, VCRs, a CD player, cell phone, satellite dish, everything that you could think of for late '90s tech. And apparently, it was just because he hated to fly. 
like was scared <laughs> of flying and he's just touring I mean, in this decked out uh tour bus if you're gonna do it do it right then i mean you that's one way to it's like i'm gonna show it to everybody well maybe it's just because you don't like flying but yeah we'll do it we'll take it that yeah. was probably so fun too honestly that there sounds was so much more fun oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, there definitely was a bathroom yeah I don't um, know. You know, some people. It definitely was a bathroom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, this was Jason Schwartzman's film debut, as we said, and mm-hmm. he actually beat out 1,800 teenagers. So there were 1,800 absurd. teenagers that auditioned from the U.S., Canada, and England for Max Fisher. Jason Schwartzman came out on top. I think I just said it like you yeah. the first time you said it. Yeah, you did. Jason Schwartzman. It okay. is, it's a little bit of a tongue twister. It's a lot, right? It's a lot to... <laughs> Jason Schwartzman. Because it's the Jason Schwartzman. You go from Sun to Schwartz, so it's Sean Schwartzman. Yeah, it's a lot. I'm telling you. Bill Murray in this movie got a nomination for a Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor. Well-deserved. And starting on from Rushmore, Bill Murray has been in every... Wes Anderson movie that followed. So they worked on films like Moonrise Kingdom, which you mentioned before, Grand Budapest Hotel, The Life Aquatic, which I also love, Royal mm-hmm. Tannenbaums, which we'll get to. It's like it's almost like they go hand in hand, whether there's going to be a Wilson brother and Bill Murray, but it's a winning combo for all of them, for all these Wes Anderson movies. Yeah, it's funny that they have the core and then you have some like ridiculously good actors peppered into the random other movies. Yeah. <laughs> it, like you, you know n- you're getting the Wilsons and Bill Murray. It's just that who else is going to be on board? Yeah. <laughs> it's like Tannenbaum's. You got Ben Stiller coming on too and Gwyneth Paltrow. Like, holy shit, what's going on here? Yeah. Big, <laughs> but big time. In this one, you had Jason Schwartzman. I'm not going to do it again. Not going to do it. Jason Schwartzman. There you go. That was perfect. <laughs> so he he came to his audition wearing a prep school blazer. Bla- I'm doing it now for every fucking Z. A prep, prep school, school blazer. blazer. Fun school blazer. See? Now we're getting back to getting the... Back hey, you got a prep school blazer on, see? It's a wonderful <laughs> life. Every episode we do, it's a wonderful life. <laughs> but Hey, Mary. Uh, he had a prep school blazer, which had a Rushmore patch that he made himself, which helped him, I'm assuming, to stand out from the other 1,800 people who were auditioning. I would say so, yeah. Yeah, I like, think that, that does When it. you're looking through headshots after the day is over, you're like, yeah. that kid put on a blazer with a patch he made himself, right? <laughs> yeah. <to> him. <laughs> he hey, was pretty good. Remember the dedication. kid who made a fucking blazer for himself with a patch? Remember the, the blazer that him. that guy made? Blazer. <laughs> His name was Schwarzman, right? <laughs> this Christmas, since we already did a, a comedy Christmas episode last Christmas. Uh, I think we Christmas, just do. Let's just do It's a Wonderful Life. But the whole episode, whole episode. is us doing an annoying accent that people yeah. probably already hate from the so, like, 35 let's go episodes on a, we've done. An exclusive, exclusive, see? <laughs> <laughs> so the pictures of Mrs. Cross's dead husband in her bedroom. We uh-huh. see him. Wilson Brothers. It's Owen Wilson. Oh, of course it fucking is. Of course it is, because why wouldn't it be? We got the Wilson brothers. He co-wrote this movie. We got to get the pictures of him as a dead husband in there. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, I, that's how you get all three sprinkled in. You're like, well, if he's not going to appear, just put a picture of him somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. We need him. We need him. Yeah. Uh, the So we mentioned it with lines, and yeah. 
Bill Murray gives this really funny speech. He's talking about how the some of the rich kids just get there because they're rich. The poor kids need to put them in their aim and take them down. And that speech was actually uh, inspired by a speech that the Wilson's brother's dad gave. So Robert Wilson, he gave a speech pretty similar. And then Owen Wilson pulled on his knowledge from that and dropped it in the movie. That's, I mean, it's what you got to do. That's so, I can't even imagine hearing a speech like that. I'm assuming it was when all three of the brothers were in school together. And that was probably like, oh shit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah oh this is weird dad's up there I, again yeah I, I love the idea of someone having the balls to get up there and do that i think that's awesome yeah oh yeah that would be so funny uh bill murray again we're going on a bill murray streak because we got to make up for 34 episodes of not mentioning his episodes. name yeah say his name uh <laughs> Bill Murray was genuinely annoyed with Keith McCauley and Ronnie McCauley, who played his sons in the movie. Yeah. And I mean, can't blame him for, you know, what we saw on screen. Um, so a lot of the scenes that they were in where he kind of lashes out at them were improvised because he was genuinely lashing out at them and their insults <laughs> were just coming from him and not necessarily the script. That's so funny because we think of Bill Murray in this like awesome way, but then also because you know, you feel like you know Bill Murray, you're like, I could see it. <laughs> I yeah, could see like, it being annoyed. Well, yeah. The, like, I feel like that's I, a thing you get when you bring Bill Murray on is like, just don't piss him off, please. Yeah. yeah. Like, but it brings out the best, I feel like. Because oh, we got some gold acting, from yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And the Bentley that he drove around. So the Bentley that was used in filming was kind of like, I don't want to say a dowry, but almost a dowry because (laughs) in exchange for using the Bentley, the owner's daughter was appearing in the film. So she got to be in the movie. Yeah. She got got booked because her dad owned the Bentley. That's good stuff. Um, Keep it on with the Bill Murray train. When he first read the script, he thought it was so fantastic. He said he would do it for free. Like he was just so down with this script. He wanted to be in it so bad. Didn't even need to be paid. I mean, that's when you know that you're going to strike gold. And I also think that it's created, if he even did this for free, I think it created one of the best lasting relationships we've seen in modern cinema. Yeah, in cinema. Modern cinema. (laughs) We're those guys. We're those guys now. And the book that Max is reading at the uh, beginning of the movie, just because I love this connection so much, is Diving for Sunken Treasure by Jacques Cousteau. Who just, was just the say main... Jacques Cousteau for, for if nothing no. at least so we can put it on TikTok Jacques maybe. Cousteau. <laughs> All right, fine. All right, you're, I'll start. I'll you're start again. Make your own account. And so you're the book that he was reading, the book that he was reading at the beginning of the movie, Diving for Sunken Treasure by Jacques Cousteau, was the main inspiration for Wes Anderson's later film, The Life Aquatic, with Steve Zuso, who also go. stars Bill Murray as Steve Zuso. Yeah. Oh, there by the go. way, um, Bill Murray was paid nine thousand dollars for Rushmore. So, so cool. not a ton, but he got he did get paid. And then also, I just want to point out that um, I've blanked on the name um, Komu for uh, Scott Pilgrim last uh-huh. week, and you said like Komio or something, Com-yo? and I was like. Well, that's Komu. That I was like, that's not right. Yeah. But during the fact, I actually just butchered the pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, there were really like it? two people in our comments that called us out for it. But Wait, what is it? Which how's what's the correct I think way it's to say? Like, it? I think it's either just like an ooh, like Komu, or yeah. oh, like Como. But um, it's definitely not Komu. Well, 
Guess we'll find out. <laughs> king of somebody, pronunciation. Well, kings somebody of pronunciation. Somebody duet the TikTok then and tell us, just solely say how to pronounce it and nothing else. Yeah, yeah. That's what we need. Uh, you want to move Tannenbaum. on to the Royal, yeah, royal Tannenbaum series. It's TT, Tannenbaum time. Something also, just right off the bat that I realized is throughout this movie, I feel like people pronounce the last name differently. Like some say Tannenbaums and some say yeah. Tannenbaums. I think um, that's just a rich person pretentious thing that we're seeing. Tenenbaums. Um, the Tenenbaums. Oh, so we are going to be reviewing the Tenenbaums. Mary, it's the Tenenbaums. <laughs> you think that name existed back in uh, back in the day? What, Mary or Tenenbaum? Tenenbaum. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we we went tomato score. We're going to keep it going. This got a full ten points or nine points lower for the critic, but still uh-huh. held a really good audience score. So it went eighty-one, eighty-nine. So mm. we were talking before, it seemed more stylized. I think that this could have came off as more of a critic movie, but I think it speaks to the popularity having that 89 audience score. I think this is a really good movie, directed by Wes Anderson, obviously. Again, screenwritten by Owen Wilson and Wes Anderson. So we were talking about that that kind of core nucleus in the cast. And yeah. we have the sprinkles in one of the huge sprinkles is gene hackman i mean an Mm -hmm. all-timer playing royal the titular royal tenant bomb he's a genuine generous scoop of jimmies he's not just a little sprinkle oh wow that was are you are are you doing a royal thing there (laughs) yeah we call him jimmies (laughs) yeah uh, so then we have angelica houston playing ethylene tenenbaum ben stiller playing chaz Gwyneth Paltrow playing Margot, Luke Wilson playing Richie, Owen Wilson playing one of the friends. He's basically a Tenenbaum, always yep. wanted to be one, Eli Cash. And then we have Danny Glover playing Henry Sherman and Bill Murray back in a role as Raleigh St. St. Clair, Margot Tenenbaum's husband, who ends up, spoiler alert, not being as her husband by the end of it. Yeah, um, I think that, that that's pretty clear from probably the first time we see them. Very clear. Yeah, I think that, yeah. <laughs> but he's doing great work with Dudley. Um, so I, I guess we can start out uh, almost as a comparison between these two movies when we're talking mm-hmm. about them. I was saying that Rushmore seemed like a slow burn to me in terms of why I like this one more. I think a lot of it comes down to I think that this storyline is much more progressed in the beginning of the movie and it kind of hits that slow Wes Anderson style in the middle. But I think right away we get so much happening and we get so much of a backstory that you're more hooked than in Rushmore. I will say that there's a lot going on. Like within the first 10 minutes, it's every single character intro, what they've done in the like for their whole life and then yeah. where they are now. So it's a ton of information just coming at you. And I did love that because it's like, okay, now I know where we are, what they've done, what they're like. I, I love that they go so in depth with the backstories and some of them are so funny where it's just whether he has, it's Mordecai having like the fucking yeah. hawk or it's, you know, creating a business when you're 10, having a lock book with bonds in your room and standing up with coffee when you're seven yeah. or going to the you know animal ex- or the africa exhibit and hiding out for two weeks it's crazy and it's awesome at the same time yeah and that's the thing is obviously it would be a really shitty movie if they were just like yeah uh, they liked playing when they were young i don't know like no these people were like extraordinary people everything that they did was so crazy interesting so out there and they, uh, they, we had all these character intros just saying, this is 
with the exceptional family. We have this exceptional family, but then they fall on hard times, which makes it which makes us know that we're kind of we're not just gonna hear about how great these people are the whole movie. We're gonna yeah. like kind of examine a downfall, which makes it so much more interesting to me. Well, the downfall is so much more interesting than like an upward swing. So if yes. we were to see them be more successful, if it's just like, oh yeah, he went on to be have a successful CEO business and like he was the national yeah. championship. It would have been, been horrible. Yeah. It would have been like, all right, what am I watching? Why am I here? This sucks. It's so much better when you see this family that seems like from a young age, they're all geniuses. They're all great to then their kind of downfall and seeing them like become mm -hmm. all fucking messes because of the parenting, because it's like, yeah. yeah, it's all of the parenting. It is. And I, I also think that the downfall is almost what makes this movie. So Rushmore, we, I didn't flat out say it, but Rushmore had a lot of heart. All Wes Anderson yeah. movies have a lot of heart. There's a soul to these movies. This one I think has maybe, I think it has a lot of heart, but I think that the thing that separates this movie not only in terms of the the storyline progression or how interesting I found it is that they go so there are huge swings. So we have these huge high moments like when yeah. Royals with the grandkids and then someone tries to kill themselves and we're all depressed and then it kind of comes back around. I think that yeah. there are more emotional swings during this, which in terms of when I'm watching a cinematic movie, I think a that maybe movie. I just like a little more. Yeah, I agree. I think that there were more there I won't say more swings cuz there were like a a lot of, you know, ups and downs in yeah. Rushmore. I think there were more exaggerated swings here. Uh, yeah, it was like less I dramatic was, of a yeah. of an up and down, yeah. Like cuz Rushmore was a smaller scale. It's like, all right, he's 15, yep. he's like exactly. moves to a different school. This movie it's like, all right, he's going to kill himself. He just met his grandkids for the first time. Like th there's a little there's bit of a, a difference in on. scale there. Yes. Yeah. So it is definitely a scaled up version. Yeah, so there's a. I do love what they did, and I love you know how every character has their own personal shit going on, and they're all just wacky. Um, mm -hmm. But they're all such interesting characters in themselves. Like yeah. they could all have a movie just about them, but we have all these crazy characters coexisting in this really, really odd way of this family that kind of wants to get back together, and at the same time doesn't at all. Um, yeah. They're all basically down on their luck. They all have their own stuff going on. So when you have a lot of people in the same room that all have their own stuff going on, I think it's just objectively more interesting than... Um, they kind of need each other, though. Like, they've been oh, so yeah. apart, but they, they kind of need each other. Because they're so like, wacky and interesting that like yeah. that's, that's all they know. That, yeah. that they're the only ones that can relate to each other. Exactly. Like Gwyneth Paltrow's character hiding that she was smoking for 22 years yeah. and then like literally going and getting married one time. Like the private detective was following her for however long and like, hey, what do you want to know? Here's the report. Um, just things like that are just... That was also it, such an awesome scene. Like when they yeah. were going through and just you <laughs> saw all of... Because I think that she was the only one that remained a little mysterious up to that point. Yeah. I mean, we knew enough about her, but in the in terms of the character intros, we saw the tennis success out mm -hmm. of um, Richie. And then we also saw Chaz, Ben Stiller's character, just going, like building all these businesses. And then... Yeah. 
with Margot, you're like, I, I know something really interesting happened, and we start kind of hearing more and more about her as the movie goes on. Yeah. So I like that little, like, really fast montage scene of her, like, getting married and kind of having all these affairs and everything. Yeah, I love that. I and think she that... loves cigarettes, by the way. Just throw it oh, out there. She gets to your point. Sucking them down. Yeah. She's just ripping like... darts. Absolutely. No, that is inside, not ripping darts. outside. That's, that's smoking cigarettes. <laughs> that's consuming as much nicotine as is possible. Yeah. What so, were you going to say, though? <laughs> I think that it's because she was like the adopted daughter and it mm-hmm. was always made clear like, she's my adopted daughter. Like, this is my messed adopted up. daughter, Margot, yeah. which is, yeah, really messed up. But. I think also that in this, we see another instance of Wes Anderson and Owen Wilson making it easier to take in that there's a brother and sister who are kind of right. in love. Where yeah, in the also, last that's one, the it's like, part of this movie. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a 15 year old and then the teacher, and now it's like a brother and sister, but and it's like it, her so, adopted yeah. sister. <laughs> adopted. That's, that's like yeah. the saving grace there. And Rushmore, it's like, I don't know what we say that the teacher doesn't actually kiss him like that's why it's not weird yeah <laughs> like he kisses her for a second and then is like get out like yeah. get the fuck she's out. like I'll no we're not doing window. this and yeah. this one it's at least like they're she's adopted which yeah i'll i'll say this if you uh browse one of the most popular websites in uh on the internet right now i think we've Google? come a long way since that's been uh been as taboo <laughs> yeah i think <laughs> Well, you get what I'm saying. Depends on what you're what you're searching, but no, definitely. I don't. Just, oh, yeah. I'm not searching it, but I'm saying I'm it's glad. pretty prevalent. I'm glad we can pick- <laughs> close that case. <laughs> Thanks, Kev. <laughs> Open and shut. But <laughs> I do, I do also love that this movie, like we like we said with Rushmore, and like we we touched on a little before, where you know with max in rushmore had that like opening of all of these clips of everything with the different clubs he was in yeah, yeah. we got that with the kids at the start where it was like here's what they're doing here's what they're, like the dalmatian mice stuff like the keep mm-hmm. popping up throughout is really cool like the little connections from their childhood that we see in those montages are all connecting through and it's almost like none of them really got out of that mind space of when they were kids almost yeah yeah and uh i think that 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 is how you're kind of meant to feel bad for them in a way. Like yeah. these, these people that have had such crazy success, you're like, well, if they're emotionally stunted. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And like those, those little, um, things that keep the story together, like those yeah. Dalmatian mice, you see them They're They're still, we're still living in this very unique world, this weird bubble that yeah. it just keeps coming up throughout the movie. The wooden finger, too, that we saw one time when she was just tapping. Yep. She was, like, telling Bill Murray to get out, basically, with the tap. You were like, all right, she's kind of seasoned him to be like, all right, get the fuck out when I tap this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, I don't know if we have this in uh, in exclusive exclusives, but something that I caught on to was that there... I mean, there's obviously connections between this Wes Anderson universe. Like, we yeah. have the Life Aquatic coming up in Rushmore in that book. Um, we have, in this movie... I caught on to the just because I watched them at the same day. Yeah. Uh, Ethelene says to Margot, um, like, how long have you been smoking? She says, 22 years. And she says, you should quit or something yeah. along those lines, which also is what uh, Max says to Rosemary in Rushmore. 
Exactly. So like there's a line, a direct line comparison there. Yeah. And then obviously we're just all in this universe because it also with the same actors and everything. Yeah, it's all in the universe and they all... So they all need to stop smoking, but they all smoke in hospitals too. Yeah. So it's very... Whatever universe this is, they love like exposing Just sick people to fumes. Cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> insane. Love, love making but sure they get their fill. It's very tactful the use of cigarettes in these movies, and I'm saying this like a very big film guy. Cinema so I'm guy. putting I'm putting my film cap on here. I think that it's tactful in the sense that they're purposeful. Like every cigarette that's smoked and everything that's in these movies, both of them, there's a purpose behind why the characters smoke or when they smoke or what, what they're doing when they smoke. Like there's that, there's a tether that ties everything together where it's the smoking is whether it be either false maturity or maturity or just like, there's a, there's something behind that. Yeah. Like trying to fill a void. Um, yeah exactly yeah, and that's something that everyone always has to keep in mind when you watch movies is everything is there for a reason everything happens for as the mm-hmm. result of a decision like exactly. i mean there are very unique cases that they were just like oh, i don't know the set was there and it was like it just happened to yeah. be that way no like in terms of smoking cigarettes there it is a very calculated decision like i want you to be smoking at this point and another calculated decision here too was just in case you didn't catch it you might be thinking to yourself Hmm, there were only two Wilson brothers in this movie. No, no, no. The voice of Andrew Wilson was Tex, the tennis commentator. So there were all three Wilsons pictured. Yeah. Just in case you were or wondering. heard, not pictured. Yeah, well, all of them were involved. That's yeah. like Owen Wilson's picture being in the last one. This one was just his voice, but a little cool toss in that they did. Just connecting everything even further. Like all the Wilsons need to be involved. Yeah. But... We do have a crazy story with kind of everything that's going on where like Royal was out of their life for so long and just living at a hotel and like disbarred in the 80s because he had a feud with his own kid. Like that whole storyline, how we get to where we we are in the movie is crazy. Oh, it's insane. Yeah, that's and that's the thing. That's almost what I mean by that everyone can have their own movie because each each place that to get there is so unique. And it's so interesting that that's, again, that's kind of why I think of this movie as more interesting, just because I feel like there's more appeal to it. Whereas I feel like if I would watch Rushmore more, maybe it would be like that nice warm blanket, like just toss it on, whatever. Um, I just think objectively, to me, this movie is more interesting. I I, I mean, I can see how you, you feel that way. There's definitely more of like... And it's all, I think it's more aesthetically pleasing too. Uh, like when you're watching it, Wes like Anderson-y. the colors are just, this is where Wes Anderson's like, here we go. This, like, is, this movie is for those people that post, you, do you get those Instagram uh, posts on your Explore page where it shows a shot of a movie and then it has the color palette? Um, no, I don't think, where oh, Instagram are you on, Kev? I, I mean, I are sincerely unqualified. We have a lot of... How uh, long have you been a film guy, A Kev? film guy. We need to talk about this. <laughs> so there, <laughs> That is a thing. There are these people that are so into movies, so into film, yeah. that they post like these pictures. You know that every yeah. single account that has that has done probably the Royal Tenenbaums and multiple other Wes Anderson movies. This is like their oh. wet dream of a movie. Oh. The they're they're white, fantastic. The white noise they fall asleep to is like fucking the Grand Budapest Hotel. They just put this the yeah. literally the audio Very on. Very artsy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, just I mean, that's, that's that's the thing about us. Sincerely unqualified. We're not actual we're not cinema qualified. guys. We're not going to break down the colors, but we are going to talk about movies. So, yeah. Um, do you Yellow wanna... means happy. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Let's just watch the movie. We, we, we take face value movies. Face value. Um, <laughs> do you want to go on? Do you want to get anything else out about Royal Tenenbaums? Um, one last thing. Yep. In the two universes that we've seen as a connection that I want to point out is the peanuts. And I know I talked to you a little bit before everything. So in Rushmore, there was a peanut song that played when Bill Murray enters into the barbershop for the first time. It was like the Christmas time is here. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was another one, but that that same or like another peanut song is in Royal Tannenbaums and it's Margot's like theme song and you mm-hmm. hear it almost every time she's on screen which is like Wes Anderson just getting some inspiration from Charlie Brown and the Peanuts which I, I noticed and I Wes was like Anderson is it? just fucking yeah. loves Snoopy <laughs> 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 literally just loves Snoopy dude like I'm gonna write some movies but fuck me if Snoopy's not gonna be in it I swear like, to god if Snoopy's not in there <laughs> the song's gonna be <laughs> That's like, I feel, isn't there a director that needs like a fucking orange in every movie or something like that? Oh, there's something crazy like that. Um, I think it was a thing in, well, I know in The Departed there are a bunch of X's, but I think that there is an orange in every single scene as well. Yeah, which is, and that's like, I know in New Girl they do the thing where there's a bear in every episode. Is there? Yeah, no, there's a bear or a reference to a bear in every single episode. I guess there there are a lot that I can think of right now, but I didn't know that. And the actors are like, yeah, it wasn't even us. Like, the writers just made the other writers laugh with these, and we just saw them, (laughs) and we're like, are we doing this again? (laughs) I think it's great. But we can move on to, uh, like, favorites if you want. Yeah, let's go on to favorites. The Oranges is the Godfather that you're thinking. Okay, yep. So, um, yeah, yeah, so... My favorite character is probably going to be Eli. I'm going to go Owen Wilson's character, the the mescaline addicted guy who has tribal face paint on and crashes yeah. in and kills a dog. Uh, <laughs> it's just I think it's yeah. funny because he's like seeking the approval of this other family his whole life and then like out of nowhere where he's just kind of like very normally addicted to drugs <laughs> he's like high functioning but they're like let's get you help like the guy yeah. who just tried to commit suicide's like hey man let's hey, get you some help i think you need some help and he's like well okay and just runs away yeah like yeah. <laughs> he's having none of it mine is a very low-key character but i think everything that he said i don't know for me it was just like everything he said was laughing was uh heinsbergen the guy who's bill murray studying just, oh, oh! You beat Dudley. Yeah, he could do no wrong in yeah. my eyes. Dudley is hilarious. <laughs> I think. <laughs> and with that, you said your favorite character is Eli. My favorite scene is the Eli chase scene where he just crashes the car. Oh yeah. And just they're yeah. running through the house, just going crazy. He finally That's realizes at awesome. the end, like I need some help. Yeah. By the way, um, Stephen Lee Shepard uh, plays Dudley. Did uh-huh. you recognize him in Freaks and Geeks? He's yes. the yeah the long haired kid with the glasses yep. hangs out with the uh, the f- geeks. He's I funny. knew it. Yeah, I had a feeling he was in Freaks at first. Like the first second, I was like, "Is that Martin Starr?" And I was like, "No, it's probably not. <laughs> no but, he's yeah. Martin Starr adjacent." <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's in that category. He's in that realm. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
my favorite scene is going to be, and I, I mentioned it, it's like the highest high that we get. It's when Royal's hanging out with uh, his grandkids, Cass's kids. He's just doing the go-karts with them. That He's making them do bad things, kind of like yeah, rough and tumble. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that that was wild. Uh, I know. That's just an insane thing to do. It, it's ridiculous, very reckless, but it's happy somehow. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bonding moment for them. Yeah, that's <laughs> what and he that, did. That, the same thing when he's talking to them. My favorite line is going to be when he says, "I'm very sorry for your loss. Your mother was a terribly attractive woman." <laughs> just such an odd thing to say about like, your son's <laughs> wife. <laughs> I know nothing about her, but she was hot. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. She was a piece, dude. <laughs> mine, mine is from my favorite character where it's, that cab has a dent in it. And it's like the shittiest cab you've ever seen in your life. It's got like cardboard over the windows, no paint. Yeah. And he's just like, that cab has a dent in it. Yeah, and his it's weird, just like, uh, yeah. his, uh, what's it called? Like, con- or just condition, I guess. There's a condition <laughs> that Bill Murray is studying. Dudley's world comes out. I'm not colorblind, too, am I? You, I'm sorry to say you are. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my second line, it's actually just, it's not said, but it's the uh, thing that's written on his gravestone. It's a yeah. Royal O'Reilly Tenenbaum, 1932 to 2001, died tragically rescuing his family from the wreckage of a destroyed sinking battleship. <laughs> so good didn't happen by the way yeah spoiler alert i yeah if you haven't seen the movie that definitely did not happen but he even asked his wife i'm wondering like because he asked ethelene like spell check it for me before it goes up is everything spelled right i believe so yeah okay that would be funny if like one thing was spelled wrong that'd be awesome (laughs) but my last one is gonna be (laughs) to his guy i forget his name what was his name um Pong, Pongba? Pagoda. Pagoda, yeah. He was awesome. He just, Pagoda just stabs him, Royal, and yeah. he just goes, that's the last time you put a knife in me. <laughs> I love it. He just stabs, stabs him, him, and he's just like, it's this really inconsequential thing. Oh. You're just like, ah. <laughs> Slight connection. That was a Swiss Army knife, and Max gets a Swiss Army knife yep. in the last one and cuts Dirk's hair with it. For some reason, he's using a Swiss Army knife to cut the kid's hair, but what did he use this? Because I think at yeah. first I was like, oh, he's using it, and then I thought he was using scissors. No, I thought he was using the Swiss Army knife. Either way, connection. Go back and watch, everyone. Um, yep. <laughs> we'll move on to an exclusive exclusives for this movie here. So this movie actually kind of started out, it was... The primary story was uh, Wes Anderson's parents getting divorced, Mm -hmm. but then, you know, it was inspired by real life, but even Wes Anderson said that it ended up being, like, very different from his own personal experiences, like, just certain things. Like, I think his mom was also an archaeologist, just things like that, so he had the the backbone of the movie from his own personal experience, but then expanded from there. Um, So, the name that we also... I said that it's pronounced differently, Tenenbaum. It actually came from Wes Anderson's college friend. So his name is Brian Tenenbaum, and he appears as a paramedic in one of the scenes. <laughs> and he also was in um, Bottle Rocket and Rushmore in oh. Wes Anderson movies. Yeah, so he has his friend in there and a few cameos. He's a staple, too. He is a staple, yeah. One of the Tenenbaums was almost recast, but, you know, we got who we got. And we got Gene Hackman. And that's not bad, but it could have been Gene Wilder. But he turned down the role because he retired, 
which understandable, you know, there's gotta be a limit. Yeah. It, you know, it, he just needed to make sure that a gene was in the role. Exactly. He wasn't sure if it was Hackman or if it was going to be Wilder, but he was like, damn it. If I don't have a He's gene like, in this role, are there any other fucking genes? I don't know if that's what he sounds like. I'm assuming that's what he sounds like. Think, He's like, do you think Wes Anderson sounds like yes. that? Have you, you seen need to go. the movies? <laughs> yes. Put more colors, you fucks. I think that's exactly <laughs> what. I mean, he does love cigarettes. Maybe he's just ripping a cigarette, drinking a coffee. Like, hey, I need this to be more pastel-like. <laughs> I said Turkisha, not Blarger. <laughs> like, what? Blarger is a new color. Yes, okay, I made okay. up two two colors. I like it. Uh, some other role-oriented you know, news is Danny Glover, Luke Wilson, and Owen Wilson turned down parts in Ocean's Eleven to appear in this film gotta say i'm happy both ways because this movie was better with the wilsons in it yeah. and oceans 11 was better as without is. the wilsons it probably was yeah if I there were both wilsons trying to rob a bank they were like hey we're gonna steal your stuff man <laughs> no dude we need an emp guy <laughs> i don't think they would have sounded like that but i get what you're saying <laughs> um, they could have they could have uh no i think you're right i think that that they probably knew what they were doing turning that down yeah. and taking this um, so yeah, we got Gene Hackman and apparently Gene Hackman, it wasn't the best to work with in this movie. So there was some drama on set. Um, Hackman was kind of tough, butted heads with Wes Anderson a little. Um, and it actually got to the point where Bill Murray was, had an off day, like wasn't supposed to come in, but he actually ended up coming in to kind of watch over Wes Anderson, make sure that everything ran smoothly and even called out Bill Murray was the one that to, basically tell gene hackman to lighten up i guess yeah. in a way lighten up francis if you know what that's from then you you're sick but that you need a heavyweight to combat a heavyweight yeah and you gotta have somebody come in who's just like look guy chill yeah. okay wait i know where that's from what is it yeah lighten up francis what is it it's from a war movie okay if you um, can guess huh if you can guess what war movie i'll, I'll tell you after but yeah, that's going to be a trivia It's a full question. metal jacket or something? Yeah, lighten up, Francis. Okay. Uh, <laughs> why, why would you tell me after? This is a movie <laughs> because podcast that people deserve Kevin. to know. Full metal jacket, I got it right. Uh, so also, that in the movie, Ben Stiller's character had a BB lodged in like to his hand. It kind of moved around. Royal moved it's it not around. From, it's not from Full Metal Jacket, by the way. Okay, what it's is it? Another Bill Murray movie, which is why the reference was made. It's Stripes. Okay, stripes. <laughs> For the love of God, let people know next time. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just wanted um, to make you sweat a little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, ben Stiller's character, he had a knuckle, or he had a BB lodged between his knuckles, like in his hand, and it was shot into by his own father. And it's actually not Ben Stiller's hand that they show because Andrew owen and luke's brother actually mm. has a bb lodged into his hand so they just showed andrew wilson's hand in this and they were like moving it around i feel like also yeah we said that the three wilsons are in it and that's another instance where andrew's in it but it's yeah. also crazy to just have like hand. you can't get it removed like you have like a bb yeah. in your hand well, forever also owen shot it at him oh. that's so funny yeah <laughs> wow it's stuck there eh <laughs> wow so the the original hawk that was used to play mordecai this is insane is it's kidnapped nuts. during shooting and held for ransom and 
<laughs> so production couldn't wait for him to be returned. So the bird that appears later in the movie has more white feathers because it's a different bird. Because they just had to get a different bird. Yeah, they like make this line about how maybe he had, went through trauma. Like, because people can get white hair when they go through trauma. No, it was yeah. being held ransom. Yeah, actually, that that hawk might have had some trauma going to it. But yeah, I think that they used like three hawks during the filming of the movie. <laughs> One because Which is insane. it's being held for ransom. It's nuts. So they used a real hawk and they used a real house. So the real house is located on 144th Street and Convent Avenue in New York. And production used the interior and exterior of the house during the movie, like only for a few kitchen scenes and everything. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, they had to shoot in and out of the house, which is pretty cool that, you know, that house that you're seeing isn't just, you know, a set like a, or yeah, like an art yeah. design. It's a real place. Makes it feel so and much better. And it's a cool design. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, a nice place. Yeah. So during the scene, um, during the character intros, we get this thing that Margot and Richie went and they hid in a museum overnight. And that was actually inspired by a children's book. So in E.L. Konigsberg's uh, 1967 book from the mixed up files of Mrs. Basil E. Frankenweiler, two mm. kids run away and then they end up staying at the uh, Metropolitan Museum of Art, the Met. Um, and that was actually Wes Anderson's favorite book as a child. Makes sense. That makes that a lot of sense. That, that <laughs> and he's watching Charlie Brown. He was just ripping Charlie Brown. So fucking love peanuts. Ripping cigarettes. <laughs> he's ripping, yeah, ripping darts. In hospitals. Just like, dude, I love, I love Snoopy. <laughs> just looking at color palettes. Just oh, yeah, yeah, he's browsing Instagram at those uh, Instagram accounts you didn't know yeah. existed. <laughs> he's reading this story while watching the Peanuts, while ripping color palettes and smoking cigarettes, all in a hospital. Oh yeah, and in that's a, the Wes hospitals. Anderson childhood. Yeah, but that's how you get these so movies, folks. Chaz Ben Stiller was originally supposed to wear a black Adidas tracksuit rather than his red one each time he went to the cemetery, but Ben Stiller thought it would be funnier. Uh, if he only wore it at Royal's funeral, yeah. which it was. I it think was that funny. that's way better. Yeah. I also like it because like it doesn't really add up that Ben Stiller's character would really like tracksuits. Like he was the CEO mogul at the age of like yeah. 10 and now he's just he's just wearing tracksuits, I guess. That's fine. Yeah. Jack and Coke, do it. That's do all it. I can think of when do I it. hear tracksuit. Jack and Coke, do it. <laughs> which was um, only three years later. Yeah. Yeah. So... We actually, let's quick touch on uh, SNL because we've been, we, yeah. with the Elon Musk thing, we'll wrap up quick with This Week in Comedy. Uh, we had Keegan-Michael Key on as the host. Penn we went State back alum. to some sketch comedy. Yeah, Masters at Penn State. That's our guy. Um, so we were talking about it, and I thought that it, when, he, when he watched most sketches, I watched the monologue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> something that I do just want to point out is that I feel like when SNL kind of took its downturn and it kind of became less in the zeitgeist, less popular, that's when Key and Peele was like at its top. So I mm -hmm. think it's kind of funny that we get Keegan-Michael Key back when SNL is like back in the news. Now people are thinking about it again. It's the crossover that we needed. Of course, during it, during the monologue, there was the obligatory like, oh, how did you feel about getting your Oscar for Get Out? And it was like, okay, well, close. Wrong yep. guy. So, I thought that yeah, was actually exactly. really funny. That I was really that. funny. I did like that because it was like, are they going to mention Jordan? Of course they are. Like, <laughs> they have to. And then, you know, he broke out in a song. I love that because, you know, he's he can do whatever he wants, honestly. Yeah. I, like, I was actually wondering if he was going to do, like, 
songs in his yeah. monologue because he's not a, he really isn't a stand-up he like is just sketch comedy he's a really good actor i think that he directs and produces and everything too yeah. but at the same time he's very talented musically yeah he's all around just super talented um but i did love the one sketch of course the last dance sketch where it was basically like a behind the scenes look at mj like betting against the security manager and they got it all so perfect i just love that especially after at the beginning of the pandemic like binging 10 episodes that of the last dance huge for the pandemic yeah. yeah yeah and it's just making fun of this my mj betting and he's taking everything from his security guard <laughs> security goes i don't have that kind of money it's like well bet me one night with your wife it's like okay. <laughs> he's like well somebody's in the doghouse like yeah yeah, so I mean, we have uh, that's something I thought that it was really um, funny. Yeah, yeah, that's, and the that's, Muppet sketch was pretty funny. If you're gonna watch some, I think those two in the monologue you should definitely check out. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, I I always like when they get those sketch uh, those sketch people just because it seems like it's so much more true to form. Uh, yeah, but you know, I really don't have a problem with when they have Elon Musk and stuff in there. And they can do let's whatever. point out though that they did call out. Like, they even just mentioned him during the monologue. Yeah. So I think that I think we were right when we were saying like that's that's kind of that's they knew what, what they were doing. doing. They were yeah. like, let's get some buzz going, and we're gonna keep bringing this up. <laughs> oh, they knew exactly what they were doing, and if like we were saying, even if it didn't go well, it's still like we had Elon Musk on. That's yeah. what we did. Yeah. And what? But what was it that they said he was like talking about getting a uh, a tattoo from Pete Davidson or something? Oh, and Pete yeah. Davidson he's said like, like, oh, that's what Elon said too. Because he was like, oh, we'll do it after the show. We'll do it after the show. Oh, he's yeah. like, that's what Elon said last week. Even that, I'm telling you, I think that they knew what they were doing. I think that yeah. it's keeping the name of the news. Uh, and we're, we're still talking about it now. But I don't want to say it, though. I did think, like, because you know how they bring out people during monologues sometimes? I did yeah. think, even when he mentioned it, like, oh, thank God there's no big celebrity that's coming <laughs> yeah, out. If they brought like out Jordan Peele. I thought that I thought they I were thought going they were to. I thought that it. was going to yeah. be the bit. Well, uh, then Same. they they went to the um, cast member in the audience, and I yeah. thought that the person in the audience was going to be Jordan Peele, and I thought we were going to get a Key and Peele kind of thing. So but did I. I, I think thought that's it was... like a statement from Jordan Peele saying like, "I am doing horror movies now. I am the yeah. like hottest director in the game. I'm directing movies, and that's it." He's doing whatever he wants to do now. And let's not like forget the fact that Jordan Peele is hilarious. Oh yeah. But he has earned the right to do whatever he wants. Oh, you yeah, can I'm, do He is really probably the hottest like young director I, oh, yeah. in the game. So I think that's him like I think if he wasn't as dedicated to making these movies that he is now like I think that he's doing the Candyman that's uh going to have its release now this year. Um, oh yeah i i think that that's basically a statement from jordan peele saying i'm okay because i it had to yeah. be thrown around there's no way no one brought up like there's no way people just didn't bring it up to keegan or keegan even brought it up like it's yeah. key and peel in terms of sketch comedy and yeah. I, even though, and Keegan is so successful on his own without him, when you have a duo like that and you're on a sketch comedy show, it makes sense to have the duo on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like they're but, doing their own things, but I mean. Keegan is awesome and he did a great job on his own. So yeah. gotta applaud him for that. I mean. Oh, I love Keegan. The, the guy on his own is hilarious. He yeah. does a James Franklin impression like no other. Gotta love it. <laughs> yeah, shout out. Uh, shout out to the Penn right State switch. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so that wraps it up for this week. Uh, we're not too sure what we're doing next week, but please let we'll us know what you would like to see us do. Yeah. 
let us more uh, movie movies or like you know back to the B and B bread and butter. Yeah, uh, hit us up on TikTok, Instagram. Email us at sincerelyunqualified at gmail And if you could please leave us a review, uh, give us a comment, do anything like that. It really helps us out a lot, yep. and we really appreciate it. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, until next week, I'm Kevin. I'm Winnie. We'll see you at the next episode. Lighten up, Francis. <laughs> what, what, what was it again? Uh, oh, stripes. <laughs> Lighten up. Lighten up, Francis.